Welcome to Finish Well Podcast, where changing the world starts with changing your home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, this is Meredith Curtis. Welcome to Finish Well Podcast. We are going to talk today about how to throw a luau to learn about Hawaii. And I love Hawaii. I've never gotten to go. I've planned several trips that all got canceled at the last time, unlike any of my other um, travels. And I've always been fascinated by this beautiful 50th state we have with the volcanoes and the palm trees and the amazing warm hospitality of the Hawaiian people. It's just always, always, always fascinated me. And so I'm really excited to talk to you today about planning a luau. If you've been around Laura Nolette and I and Powerline Productions, you'll notice that we do a lot of fun stuff. One thing we love to do to enrich our learning is to throw a party. And we've hosted medieval banquets and we've had archaeological digs and ancient Olympic games, which are adapted, of course, to fun things. And one of the things we've done sock hops, we have done state dinners when we were studying government. But the luau is something we have done the most often. We have had luau's at church. We've had luau's for our co-op. We have had luau's for birthday parties. We have just really, really enjoyed um hosting a luau we know whatever the occasion is we're we're ready to host a luau <laughs> so um what are the benefits of hosting a luau well first of all hawaii is our 50th state and it's a group of islands in the pacific it has a very um exotic and colorful history Discovered by Captain James Cook, who named them the Sandwich Islands after the Earl of Sandwich. It was actually under British control for a while. It was an independent republic. It became our 50th state. And there's just a lot of history in between all of that. So, um, which you can learn about in my book, Let's Have Our Own Luau. Um, that's available at Powerline com, But the benefits of having a luau when you're learning about Hawaii is a luau is just really fun. It's bright and colorful. It usually involves the beach or a swimming pool. And it, it is something that is kids really look forward to. And the benefit of them being involved in planning and hosting the luau is that they learn about the Hawaiian culture and they learn about, you know, why do they do what they do and have what they have and all of those things. So we um, have found that the children learned about crops as they're trying to figure out, well, what food would we serve? They learn about clothing. Like one of the things we learned was that the Hawaiians, you know, didn't wear a lot of clothing. 
and they didn't live very moral lives before the missionaries came with the gospel. And when the missionaries came with the gospel, they also came with yards and yards of material, and they began to make moo-moos for the Christian women who had just given their lives to Christ, and they wanted to be more modest, but they didn't necessarily want to dress like the white people. So the missionaries brought sewing machine and, like I said, this beautiful fabric, and they made them the moo-moos, which, of course, we often think of besides, you know, grass skirts and things. We think of these bright, colorful moo-moos. So there's so much that you can learn um, when you're planning and researching and deciding, well, what should we wear and what should we do? And there's so much that's interesting about the Hawaiian culture. For example, one of the things about Hawaiian culture is that it's such a mix. They're the the native Hawaiians, and they traveled from Oceania area um, to, to Hawaii in outrigger canoes. And very, very exciting. They were they were pagan worshipers and actually sacrificed um, their sons and daughters to Pele, the goddess of the volcano. Um, But as they came to hear the good news about Jesus, they left those practices behind and really embraced Christianity. So that is really, you know, really exciting. But it's not just the Polynesian Native Hawaiians that live in Hawaii, but there's a very large population of Japanese and Chinese. And, of course, if you look at where Hawaii is located, if you look on a globe or on a map, you see that if someone is sailing from China or Japan across the ocean, they're going to go right by Hawaii, and it's a great stopping place. So, so many people would stop there on their travels and then end up saying, I really like this place. I think I'll stay. The ukulele, which we often associate ukulele music with Hawaii, those that's from the Portuguese. And remember, the Portuguese were great sailors, did a lot of sailing in the Pacific Ocean, and they brought the ukulele to Hawaii. Many Portuguese settled in Hawaii. Of course, I mentioned that there, Hawaii was under British control for a while. So you do have the whole um, British influence and then, of course, the American influence. So, so many different nationalities and they have brought their own things with them. And these things have come together and woven together to create a culture that is very unique. It's warm and friendly and very, um, very loving, very accepting and engrafting, like come and be part of our world and get to know us. And that's something I really appreciate about the Hawaiian people is their hospitality. Um, when you, in the olden days, a guest would be welcome with food and a place to stay. And so if you were going to Hawaii, someone would say, hey, come and stay with me. I'll give you food. I'll give you a place to stay. And then when the person left, he would give the host a gift of thanks. So to the Hawaiian people, a guest was not a burden but a welcome addition to their lives. And um, I'm sure that you've seen pictures or videos of guests to Hawaii being greeted with uh, belays put around their neck and, and 
so that is, is a really, um, beautiful thing to get a lay of flowers as a welcome. Aloha. People say aloha. It can mean hello and goodbye, but it's much more than hey, hi, bye. It really communicates love and peace and compassion. And so there is just this sense of, oh, I really like you. I'm really glad you're here. So that is the basis of the luau. Um, the basis of that starts with um, that sense of hospitality. And the luau is a traditional Hawaiian feast. And there is usually entertainment at it. If you go to a luau in Hawaii today, they'll have hula dancers. They might have um, fire um, tricks with fire. The men do tricks with fire, fire eating, things like that. So in ancient times, the Hawaiians would gather their family and friends together to celebrate a war victory, a new canoe, or a special event with feasting, singing, dancing, and this tradition has continued through the years. Now, in the olden days, men and women had to eat separately. And women weren't even allowed to eat all the food that men ate. And some foods were only reserved for royalty. So you couldn't eat certain things unless you were a king or queen. But King Kamehameha the second ended the separation and he hosted the first luau where women were allowed to sit with men and he let everyone eat the royal food. So that was really exciting. As soon as Hawaii became a state, luau's became popular all over America. So even in New York and New Jersey, they were having luau's and then people flocked to Hawaii to see this new state in person. So like I said, in ancient times, it was only royalty and nobility who hosted luau's. But now anyone can host it as long as you can afford it. One of the most extravagant luau's in 1847 served 271 pigs, 482 gourds filled with poi, and over 4,000 fish, 2,000 coconuts, and 4,000 taro plants. That is one big luau, and we'll never do a luau that big. But the um, in ancient times, the guests sat on the ground on woven mats. But today, people usually sit around a regular table, and the table is decorated with shells and flowers and other tropical decor. Um, in ancient times, again, the Hawaiians only ate with their hands, but today you'll find silverware, don't worry, at a luau. So in ancient times, food was placed on mats near the guests, but today it's served on tables, buffet style. And at a royal luau, servants served the guest. If you attend a fancy luau, waiters would serve the guests. But at our luau's, we always had buffets. So one of the biggest things that you eat at a luau is a large pig cooked in an underground oven. And when it's finished cooking, the the pig is served up with platters of meat, fish, and bowls of poi, along with a lot of other things. So that is sort of what the traditional luau is or what you would 
you would get at a luau. So what if, what if you are wanting to host a luau and, you know, as a fun way to end the summer, a fun way to start the summer, a fun way to learn about Hawaii. So the first thing you need to do is decide where you're going to have it. And I really recommend having it in your water. Um, A pool, an ocean, a lake, all of those are good. And then decorations, a lot, decorations really help make it. Tropical flowers, shells, fishnets, if you can find a surfboard, a small or a real big size one, either way. Um, Hawaiian music in the background. If you don't have Hawaiian music, you can use beach music, like from the Beach Boys. Um, greet your guests with lays. And encourage everyone to dress Hawaiian. Now we have done luau's. I told you we've done a lot of different kinds. And of course we've done luau's at a lot of different places. We have done luau's at, um, someone in someone's screen porch that had a pool and two different homes. We did that. And actually that was our church did those luau's and they also had baptisms. So that was kind of fun. And we just set a buffet table up inside the screen porch. There were chairs all around, and then people were swimming as well. Um, another way that we've done a home, uh, a luau is we had a friend that had a, a lake with a dock out to the lake. And then she had a, a home with a nice big screen porch and a covered patio. And so we had the buffet inside the screen porch, and then people ate on the porch or on the patio. And one year we had a luau at her house several times. She was a part of our homeschool co-op. And then out back, we, one year, this was so fun. We had a big water slide and that was really a hit. You know, those kind of companies come and they blow them up and then people can use the water slide all day. So we did that. Another time we had a luau in a backyard that it wasn't inside of a screen. It was just a backyard with a pool. So the backyard was pretty large. So one part of the backyard, we set up all the food, the chairs. I think that one we had hula dancing. Um, that was really fun. And another time we had a birthday party for my daughter and we had the luau in my house and we, I got a little video about you know, little girls learning to hula and my daughter and her girlfriends, they did little hula dancing and we ate, um, Hawaiian-ish, beach-ish type food. And like I said, decorations really, really, really make the luau. Another time it was my birthday and we were going to go to the beach and a storm blew in. So my friend Laura and my daughter Juliana turned my birthday beach day into a luau in my house day. And the same thing, they just decorated the house and people came and we ate and we were jolly and had fun. So those we've had, we have had luau's in so many different places in so many different um, situations. So one thing that um, I want to say about setting up and uh, cleaning up for a luau is the decorations are probably the most important thing if you really want to give it a feel of a luau. And 
especially on your buffet table and your drink table. And you can do little extra things like put umbrella, um, little umbrella, toothpick umbrellas inside the drinks. You can serve drinks or food inside coconut shells. There's a lot of little things that you can do to make the food more festive. And then make sure that you have extra towels. Usually if you're near water, people swim, people forget their towels. So make sure you have extra towels and make sure that you separate your activity area from your regular um, from the food area, just so that you don't end up with people running into people doing activities. For instance, we would do the we would do a limbo. And another thing that we like to do was a poi eating contest where we use those big industrial size cans from, um, <laughs> from Sam's and they would be, someone would have to feed the poi. So you'd have a, a partner, the person, one person would be sitting, um, at the table and the other person would be behind them feeding the poi to them. So that was quite funny and very messy, honestly. And then one thing that is really, really special with setup is to have a person greet with lace. If you can't do it, have someone else do it. And then um, cleanup, if you use disposable things, cleanup can be pretty easy. And if I would just get everyone to pitch in. That's what I like to do. Now about food, <laughs> you could do Hawaiian pizza, you know, ham and pineapple pizza, or you could order from a Chinese restaurant, get sweet and sour chicken or sweet and sour pork. You could roast a pig in your backyard. We could never afford that. We always wanted to, but we could never afford it. You can, tropical fruit salads are great. Guava, papaya, bananas, coconut, pineapple, all of that. Poke bowls, really popular now and not too hard to make. And then main dishes that have pineapple, coconut, and Hawaiian bread. You can find Hawaiian bread at the grocery store and it's so good. Coconut cake, pineapple desserts, alcohol-free pina coladas, Kona coffee. Kona coffee is really good and you can splurge and Buy some coffee from Hawaii. It's called Kona coffee. Um, it's grown on the island of Kona. And anyway, those are just some ideas to get you started. Of course, you can Google Hawaiian recipes and look up some fun stuff. Um, so that, so when you have the decorations and the food and hopefully a place to swim, but if not, and you're playing Hawaiian music in the background or beachy type music, you are set. And honestly, you wouldn't even have to do any more. People could just visit and have fun. But we really like to also have some activities. So I told you about the limbo game lim game we did. And then we also would do a game where you throw a you throw a flip flop into a hula hoop. And that's kind of silly and fun. Then there's also hula lessons, koi eating contests, which I talked about. And you can play volleyball in a swimming pool or volleyball on the lawn or croquet, croquet kind of touching on the English heritage of the Hawaiian Islands and ukulele playing. If there's anyone who plays a ukulele that would like to do a special song, like someone could play and someone could sing, that's always really nice, too. 
So what, what would you wear to a luau? Well, dressing for luau is really easy. All you need, honestly, is a Hawaiian shirt. Men can wear them. Women can wear them. You can tuck them in jeans or white pants or white shorts. Women can also wear mumus or modest bathing suits with grass skirts. Um, you know, I don't recommend a bikini with grass skirts, but whatever you want to do. Um, and then what really makes it is the flowers. So for girls wearing a lei, a flower in the hair, and flowers on the wrist, wristlets, and anklets of flowers. You can pick those up in party stores. So luau's are so popular. And one of the things, if you just have on a pair of jeans and a T-shirt and you add a lay, a flower in your hair, wristlets and anklets of flowers, you are going to look Hawaiian. And that is um, what we really, we saw a lot of people do. We, we had a lot of people really dress up too, but one of the things that we found about having luau's is that they're very relaxing because I think when people go to a luau, they kind of think about the beach. And I don't know about you, but the beach always makes me feel really relaxed, the waves, the smell of the salt air and stuff. So it tends to be a very laid back, relaxing time. People end up visiting a lot, laughing, having fun. And no one realizes that they're learning. If you want to make it even more educational, you could have your children prepare a report on Hawaii or do a skit or something fun like that. But just the whole process of setting up a luau is educational. The whole process of researching recipes, the whole process of maybe you could set up a photo board or do um, a video of Hawaii that could be playing on the TV or a slideshow of pictures from Hawaii. All of that is educational. And we have a beautiful 50th state. If you're an American, if you're from another country, America, uh, the USA has a beautiful 50th state. And this is such a fun way to learn about the state and to really have a good time with history and geography. So if you are interested in having your own luau, I have a book for you. Let's have our own luau. And it is part of Teach History the Fun Way series at Powerline Productions. Our website is powerlineprod.com. Now you can buy the book and you can also, you can buy the book, the ebook at powerlineprod.com. And there's a button on the page where you can go and buy the print book at Amazon. You just press the button, buy the print book, takes you right to Amazon. And those, this book is recently updated to color pages on Amazon. So if you go to um, Amazon to buy the book and you see that it says black and white pages in the description, that should be unpublished, but they still have it up for whatever reason. And just look up the book again um, and go to the one with the color pages. The, if you go to our website, Powerline Prod, and press the yellow button, it will take you directly to Amazon for the new color pages book. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you try it out. And if you do try it out, I would love to hear about your adventure. Thank you so much for joining me today. I cannot wait to see you next time. 
And until then, happy homeschooling. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.